So welcome to Live from My Drum Room. Uh, today's episode is dedicated to remembering uh, our good friend and my my gigantic hero, the great Jeff Beccaro. And uh, with me today are some of Jeff's best friends and, and music musical colleagues and just his peers and and just a whole bunch of people that that knew him and loved him and have some great stories to share. So thank you for tuning in today to remember Jeff. And uh, I think if you're like me, uh, I remember Jeff every day. Uh, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think about Jeff in some way because, you know, there's probably a song or five that I either hear on the radio or I have on my playlist that I'm listening to with Jeff on it. And he was such a huge influence. I, I didn't know him well, but I, I'm just honored and blessed to have known him the little bit that I did and to have, you know, uh, had some great memories and conversations and time with him. So, uh, the, the real, the, uh, the real part of it's going to be fun. Part of this is going to be hearing from all these folks today. So I'm going to go ahead and let everybody in. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay. I'm going to let the gang in here. So again, welcome to live from my drum room and, uh, here come all the guests, and I will introduce them to you all. Okay. This is a long... Okay. Guys, we're, uh, we're all coming back in here. Okay. Guys, we're, uh, we're all coming back in. Oh, yeah. If you're watching it on Facebook, if you can mute the sound, we're going to get an echo otherwise. So, all okay. right, I'm going to... I'm going to introduce this illustrious panel, this illustrious group. From my viewpoint, Robin Flans, Paul Jameson, a young fellow by the name of Vinnie Kaliuta, <clears throat> Harry McCarthy, another youngster named Jim Keltner, John J.R. Robinson, also a youngster, Greg Bissonette, Rich Mangiacaro, Gary Malibur, Ross Garfield, Rick Morata, John Good is in the building, but he's Whoa. he's muted, yeah. so I don't know where he is. Uh, but let's see. We've got a few more people to let in. There he is. There he is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, David Garfield is about to re-enter. Hey, John Good. Yes, sir. Uh, Jody. Are we supposed to just like chime in or something? Yeah, so I, I want to just, uh -huh. Jim, that's a good question. I'm going to... We're the boomers! <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you. First of all, thank you guys, every, everybody, for being here today, especially some of you that are returning, uh, returning champions to the show for this very special day to remember Jeff. And uh, I want to just read a couple quick things. Bob Glob, I had reached out to you to be here, but Bob wasn't able to join. But he sent a, a, just a quick, nice note that I'll read to everybody. Uh, I just want to let, make sure Gary Malibur gets in. I think he's he's popping in here, too. Oh, it's in. There's Gary. Okay, Gary Malibur's here. Hey, Stan. Stan Lynch. Stan Lynch is, is in the building. On the beach hey, in Florida. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I've got 96 tracks of Pro Tools going on, and I don't know what the hell's going on with the phone. 
Gary, are you hearing us okay? Greg, let's just do a session instead and talk about Jeff. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to read this message from Bob Glob, and then we're going to we're going to go around the okay. room here. So Bob, Bob couldn't make it today. Here's what he said. From the first time I met Jeff in 1973, he was one of the most charismatic and confident people I've ever encountered. He lit up every room he walked into. His sense of adventure, time, feel, groove, sound, precision, articulation was like no other, and he always brought out the best in everyone. The thing I miss the most about Jeff is his generosity. Every time I saw him in a session, he'd greet me loudly, yo, glob, beautiful, and plant a kiss on my neck in a very old-school European-Italian manner, which always made me feel like we had a great connection. I knew no matter what, the day was going to be special. If we were recording in the valley near his first home bachelor pad, bachelor pad on Hesby and had a lunch break, Jeff would say, let's go to the grit. Let's go to the grit. We'd get in his car and listen to his favorite cassette of the day on the way and chill at his house. Um, totally. Another this is this is a great story. Real quick. He, he said another great example of his generosity. My youngest daughter, Rachel, was born in 1983. I don't remember what Jeff and I were working on in 1988, but we were in the studio and I casually mentioned that Rachel was about to turn five and I'd like to get her a little drum drum kit. And did he have a recommendation? He said, let me think about it. Two days later, we we're at the same studio and he brought me out to his car on a break. He opened the trunk and said, these are for your daughter. It was a brand new shiny black Remo PTS mini drum drum kit with a hi-hat cymbals and a ride cymbal. I couldn't believe it. I still can't get over it. Rachel's son, my youngest grandson, just turned five, and Rachel and her husband are going to set up that same drum set for him. Cool. Isn't that great? And and uh, there's just some more great stuff. And I, I asked him to just to maybe, maybe comment about a, a session or two, and I happened to mention The Pretender, Jackson Brown's The Pretender, which is a a favorite of mine. And he said, all I can remember about the pretender 46 years ago is that Jeff always played beautifully and perfectly from the first time he heard the song. It was amazing to me and slightly intimidating how nuanced, flawless and insightful his musical instincts were graceful yet powerful. He gave it his all yet another facet of his immense generosity. So that was beautiful. I, I just wanted yeah, to well say that from Bob Glob and David Page uh, yeah. couldn't make it, but he just said to everyone, have an amazing day celebrating the life and music of my favorite drummer. Two, three, four. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not all the time we have. So you've all been great guests. <laughs> yeah, Bob, Bob nailed it. Well, wow. nailed yeah. him. What do you say after that? I mean, he it's the, the perfect right. description, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. You know, yeah. That I, I just have to say that when I did the book on Jeff, there were so many people for whom he bought little drum sets for their kids. I mean, if you read the book, it was like, I think he bought one for Al Schmidt's kid. I mean, there were so many stories like that. It was like all he, all anybody had to say to him is my little kid, my little kid, my little kid. And yeah. he would show up with a drum set. If he was the most generous freaking guy that ever walked oh, the earth. Yeah. Sure was man. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I mean, I, well, let's keep it going. I mean, if, if uh, and Robin, let's talk for a second. I just want to mention the book and the book Robin's referring to is It's About Time. Um, Jeff Procaro, It's About Time, The Man and His Music. It's a great book for anybody who hasn't read it. Um, it came out in 2020, Robin, I think. It's yeah. available through Hudson and Amazon and anywhere probably at this point, but uh, it's a fabulous book. And I, a lot of you guys are in there quoted and, uh, it's it's beautiful. It's heartwarming and and uh, a great well, read. So. There's just a lot of. I mean, the, the when you mentioned um, the Pretender, I mean Jackson Brown talks about the Pretender in the book, yeah. and he actually changed the lyrics because of Jeff. I mean, I mean, what is that? Uh, you know, Jeff played a part, and and they decided unanimously the producer and he that they couldn't change his part because it was so great that he added words to fit Jeff's part. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, and he never got paid for it. I'll bet. (laughs) 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 Are you doing part two, a Jeff book part two? Oh, Greg, you're going to make me announce it here, here and now. Uh, do it, do it. Yeah. I I am I am working on a second book. All right. Oh, oh, yay. yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and great, I'm, Robin. I'm, so I'm about three quarters of the way done. Wow. Wow. Jellner's pissed. You're not writing a book about him. I have to be honest. He, he's been mentioning it to all of us behind your book. <laughs> the whole day. The whole day. <laughs> uh, uh, Jim, do you want to do you want to jump in? You, I know you have ten thousand Jeff stories, but is there is there one you could share with us right now? And I'd I'd like to know when you first you know, met Jim. You, you know what's really weird? Uh, uh, you you said that earlier. You said uh, you know you can share stories. I'm sure you all have great stories with Jeff and everything. And I went, oh, of course. And I started trying to think, hmm. and I swear uh, there are a few that I, I, I could say maybe if Robin weren't here. Just plug her ears. He's got hair. So appropriate in 2022. I am sorry right now. <laughs> I get. I, I, I can't I'm apologize in front. So anyway. But no, it, come it, on! It, I'm one of the guys. No, I I know Robin. I I didn't mean. But uh, what I'm saying is that uh, Jeffrey was 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 bigger than any story that I. I when I think of Jeff, mm-hmm. I I think of uh, eras for him. When I I think of his his eyes with when he started wearing those glasses that he wore that where his eyes were like, it did something to his eyes and it, and it, 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 it was like a, it made him look more soulful or something. And, and I used to talk to him about stuff like, like that. I, and I could really make him uncomfortable, real easy. <laughs> by telling him, by telling him, you know, how much he picked me up with, with, with a song that he played on. You know, in those days, it's the same thing with J.R., uh, you know, uh, uh, Vinny, we'd have to see him someplace, you know, and, and we'd all go to the something. But uh, Jr., you hear him on the radio. Jeffrey, uh, 
and uh, and 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 Ricky, and you know, and so every time that I would hear something, and it was Jeff, and then I would see him because I saw him all the time, and uh, I would start talking about it immediately, and he just hated that. He didn't. He didn't want to hear me talking about how great he was, you know, uh, and because sometimes, like, you know, the but if the but you know, he always had the best bud. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> uh, and so, and in those days, that's why I don't do it anymore. Because in those days, man, I I just a little bit and I'm gone. And I would be talking about stuff, you know, and. Uh, uh, you know about how how where the music comes from and <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but Jeffrey yeah Jeff Jeff knew I know that Jeff knew that he was a badass I, I know that he knew it but he never ever wanted to to appear that way he just didn't he he worshipped at Vinnie Caliuda's feet uh, you know. And he 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 would try to def- deflect, you know, when I would be talking about him. He would go. I would it his feet right back at him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, that I I will say this one thing, uh, you know, that he got really really extra famous from Rosanna, right? Right. You know the the drums and everything, mm. and uh, and I, I always like to say that. Uh, you know, and this is me being the opposite of Jeffrey. I like to take the credit uh, for having turned him on to Purdy. He had never heard Purdy before. Wow. And, uh, and, and I turned him on wow. to uh, With This Ring uh, oh. by the Platters. Yeah. Right. And listen to this cat. And he he would squeal. We'd listen. And he'd, I love how he squealed when he loves him. And, uh, and, and we just... We just sat and listened to it, you know. I, I said, "This this shit here is. This is what I want to do. I don't want. If I can't do this, I don't want to do anything." And so he he went on from there, obviously, and listened to everything that Bernard ever did, and you know, and eventually uh, came up with that beat and credited Bernard for that. Right. And uh, I always loved that that Jeff did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just talking about that beat, Jim, I was thinking about this, the Rosanna beat, you know, for some of us at a certain age, you grow up in the seventies, you go into a music store and you'd hear all the guitar players playing like stairway to heaven or smoke on the water, right? You'd hear in the guitar room, you know, the same. And 1982, when that song came out, every time you went into a drum shop, you'd hear somebody trying to play that beat that became like the, you know, the, the, the drummer thing to the conquest like i gotta play that was just such a it captured everybody's attention and like yeah you know what i mean like i just remember hearing and you'd hear some people playing it really bad but yeah they, they <laughs> everybody was playing it bad yeah yeah greg greg nails it pretty pretty seriously I, I remember in 1982 the first gig i had when i moved here was the jerry lewis telethon oh. and joe percaro's playing percussion and i had just i was going to see Vinny at the jib with dave boroff and that song came on the radio and i pulled my car over then i get to the jib and Vinny and neil Stubenhaus and michael fisher and barnaby finch they're all grooving on rosanna how about that new toto song 
And I go to this Jerry Lewis telethon and Joe Percaro is playing percussion. I said, hey, Joe, great to meet you, man. Uh, you want to hear me play Rosanna? And I, <laughs> I was butchering it, butchering it. And I kind of I get through it. And, he, and Joe was so nice. He goes, that's kind of close. <laughs> it was all wrong, but you and Joe was so great. That's kind of close. That's good. Pins yeah. up pins. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah, no man. Jamo, were you were you there when Jeff recorded that? Uh, I, we started in uh, with Boz Kegs in '77, and he told me I'm starting my own band, Toto, and uh, went from there. And I would do his setups for his uh, sessions and stuff, and. Uh, he was like my best friend. Um, we all know what a monster player he was, but I'd like to reflect on him as a guy and, uh, you, you know, the brother he was to me. Uh, Amen. We went to the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. I had Raider tickets. We went to a bunch of Raider games. Uh, he lent me 10000 bucks to buy my home in 1981. Nice. Um, his family, I was from Detroit. I didn't have any family here. And his family is the nicest people you'll ever meet. And uh, I always get that call on Thanksgiving and Christmas. What are you doing? Get your ass over here. Yeah. And they always included me. And I'll never forget that. And losing his brother, Mike, was a real punch in the gut, too. Um, I've got a couple quick stories. I'll go one at a time. You know, I want to, you know, Give everybody else a shot. They're all in Robin's book, but I'm going to tell them because I want to hear them again. A uh, quick one. Uh, I'll never forget. We're at the NAM show. And everybody wanted to meet the guy. He couldn't walk five feet without somebody coming up and, and introducing him and stuff. And they'd always say, oh, you're so great. And like uh, Jimmy Lee said, uh, he didn't want to hear that. For being a bad uh, guy, as bad as he was, he was a very humble person, man. And uh, I remember people always say to him, oh, I play drums. Yeah, oh, great. I play drums. One time he turned to me, he goes, everybody plays drums. <laughs> I feel you put up a click. <laughs> <laughs> and how uh, true that is. So I remember we bumped into Lloyd McCoslin, and he was oh. the Remo guy that always took care of us. Yeah, and he's yeah. called Remo wants to meet you. So a couple hours later, we're walking around. Here's a Remo booth. We go in. So he introduces uh, Jeff to him, and he's like, oh, I love, thanks for being with us. I want to show you my new invention. And he had a set of bongos, and the shells were made out of compressed paper. And they made these, like, bullshit drums with paper shells, right? <laughs> so he hands Jeff the bongos. They just be, oh, they sound great. And the Remo says, he goes, yeah, these cost me $11 to make. Jeff goes, ah, oh, that's great. He says, you can go to Guitar Center, buy a set. He said, go to the beach, play on them all day, get drunk, and at the end of the night, throw them in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> and, Remo was insulted. <laughs> he just didn't, he just, you know, right over his head and stuff. And I don't know, that's just the kind of guy he was. Uh, one more, uh, try and cut me off if I'm going over. Uh, if I get an A meeting in five minutes. You never told me that story, by the way. Uh, you know, I'm saying, yeah. book, book two. Yeah. Part two. Yeah. Uh, 
my other favorite one was we went to Miami to do the Bee Gees record. And we were there for three weeks. And Jeff was really good with his cuss clients or whatever about not burning them or running up big room service tabs or anything like that, right? So they were picking us up, bringing us to the studio. So he gave me his credit card and he said, go get a rental car. So he doesn't know how to drive a stick shift. I've got a bunch of Corvettes and all this stuff, right? So I rented a Mustang convertible with a, with a five-speed. So we leave the studio that night and we get in the car to go home. And he goes, so what's this shit? I go, it's a stick shift. He goes, I don't know how to drive one. I go, I'm going to teach you. So we went in a Winn-Dixie parking lot and he gets in the thing and he had this fucking mental block. I mean, this guy could play drums like, like a ballerina. <laughs> he couldn't give it too much gas and not enough clutch or either or to save his fucking life, right? Stall the car about 30 times, started yelling at me. I drove us to the hotel the next day. I took it back and got an automatic. But it just proves he was like, it's like a human like the rest of it. Oh, Jack, we're going to get, get back, buddy. We're going to give, yeah. Thank you, JMO. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow, that was that was great, Vinny. You're you're the next one. You're the next one in my in my uh, gallery. So, man, you know. I you know I don't. I, that's some rich stuff there that's coming up. Here, God, I would not want to follow that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to follow all that either. I mean, that's like uh, we, we pulled out both barrels, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And he, he, you know, he never had to reload. He just killed the but Gatling gun. You know, yeah, it was amazing. No, I, I, I will, I will say the same thing. You know, paraphrase that that everybody else says that that guy was the biggest-hearted, most generous, loving guy I've ever met. I mean, they broke the mold with him. He. He was so uncompetitive. He welcomed everybody. I mean, when I first uh, moved to L.A., I mean, you know, I was I just showed up, you know, with all my chops and I just wanted to blow and play and, you know, Miles and Mahavishnu and just this, that and the other thing. But I wanted to, I wanted to play everything. You know, I wanted to play just. But but the thing is, is that, you know, Jeff, Jeff understood he, he saw what I was about. And he always tried to help me. He, he, he stood up for me all the time and defended me. And uh, I just thought, man, this is just unbelievable. It's just like, you know, one of the world's greatest drummers ever. Who's, who is, who is, who's, you know, got my, my back here. I, I, I couldn't understand it. And, um, and so, so he just, I mean, he would do things like, one time I was playing at the Big Potato and he, um, and so we, we, we're playing and I closed my eyes and, and um, I think maybe I had sweat in my eyes or something and my hi-hat broke. And I opened my eyes and all of a sudden he must have somehow jumped over the, I don't know how he got there, but I looked down and he's on the floor looking up at me laughing, fixing my hi-hat. Laughing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Like he he threw it over there to him it was like a big joke, you know. But but it was, I mean, he was just that 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 kind of guy, you know. He was just 
you know, ah, uh, you know, use my drums for this session, or can you can you do this session for me, or can you can you sub for me here? And just yeah, you know, just I mean, they really broke the mold with that guy. It's like I think I think the only other the only other person that that has that I you know that I that I can think of that that has that kind of uh, is is Gad, you know. Yeah, Steve yeah. was like that with too. Steve was always like that. He was always like that with with me, and um, and and I know a lot of other people too. But 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 Jeff was like one of a kind, man. He had the greatest time feel, and it can be imitated, but never never exactly. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things you can never quite like. You can play Rosanna really well and make a groove, but the way he did it. It's just on this other plane that right. it just yeah. belongs to him. It only belongs to him. Right. And, and so, so he, he has just, and I remember we were, we were doing this Los Lobotomies, David, you know, you, you remember that when we were doing that at the complex oh, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we were playing all blues and, and I got a chance to feel what it was like to play with him, you know, whereas like, you know, I would have to be a bass player, a keyboard player, guitar player. No, I finally got my chance to feel what it felt like. And it was like, it was like riding on a cloud, man. I, it was the most unbelievable, uh, indescribable feeling how amazing it felt to play along with him. It's just, yeah, it's just, it was so accommodating and just effortless and uh, amazing, amazing, man. I'll never forget that. Yeah. I'll never forget that time. That was one of the, one of the best highlights of, of, of just my musical experience Yeah, yeah. was doing that. And uh, yeah, heart of gold, man, heart of gold. There will yeah. never be another Jeff. And, okay. and, and, you know, here we are talking about the 30 years today, it's mm-hmm. it's difficult. Yeah. It's really difficult to fathom that. Right. You know, because yeah. it's gone by so fast. Yeah. And yeah. and I'm and I'm sitting here reeling. And you know, and I wish I wish I had I had funnier antidotes. And I'm cracking up listening to all you guys <laughs> excuse me talking, <laughs> but man, I just, yeah. you know, I, I I'm just more more in, in a kind of a reverent, you know kind of uh mode thinking about him and and um it's just i don't know yeah yeah it's, no, that's, yeah. yeah that's beautiful yeah. i i was thinking about yeah. what what jim said about how humble he was and and my experience with him limited as it was was exactly what you said jim in terms of like you know he just yeah. he he, I, he sincerely felt like you know guys like Vinny got you know like the, the, the he he couldn't come close to anybody technically and Vinny, i remember you and i talking about this many years ago at a dinner and we were talking about jeff and and we were saying how he was such a badass technically but you the first thing you for me the first thing you think about with jeff is just his amazing time feel right i mean that's what we're all that's what we love so i mean as drummers we love the groove and we love we love that uh but i remember saying you you saying Vinny, like he you know he had tons of chops he he just he just knew how to use them for you know 
like Superman. He used him for good. He right. he he saved him for when he needed. Him. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. It's like he definitely did. He he had tons of drops, and it's like I, I don't know what it is about the drums that people obsess about with you know chops or no chops. Like I, I mean, you you don't hear other instruments and instrumentalists talk about that in that regard. It's like what is what is it technique just means by way of it's like how do you do something and there's it's very nuanced and yeah, in order to yeah. play the way he played and he had chops he could play fast he could play chucky he could play he really good man he could do it all man the, the thing is is that we're talking about touch and 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 all kinds of of, of little nuanced things in order to play accurately you know, and 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 the way that he that he would 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 do that. I mean, that's that's all part and parcel of te- technique. And and but 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 he made it work for him. He yeah. made all that stuff work yeah. for him. And he just played played music, man. He's just yeah. mm-hmm. a constant musician with the greatest instincts. It's unbelievable, right. unbelievable, just magical. Jim, were you going to say something? Were you going to add something? Uh, I was I was just going to say that uh, <clears throat> the first time that I I heard him play when I first met him he was just a kid I think he was like seventeen or sixteen or something Robin knows better than I do about that but but he was just a, a kid and uh, and uh, and we were setting up and I remember I had my back to it to him and uh, he was already set up and I heard this stuff happening behind me and I turned around. And I, I watched him play this stuff, and I said, "Man, that that sounds like Vinny, man. Where where'd you get that <laughs> right? guy? I mean, really, he he right. he just plays inside out shit, like you know, and fast and and accurate, <laughs> beautiful, yeah. precise, and everything. All the stuff that you know that, that I know. Uh, so he's playing this stuff, and I go, "Where where'd you get that? You must have got that from your dad, right? And he never wanted to." talk about they had a kind of a thing about that and so uh he he uh he kind of he kind of glossed over it and uh and then we played the session we were playing together and uh it wasn't a special thing any any kind of special thing the music wasn't you know special really in any kind of way and but we did our thing and and that was it and i walked away thinking about this this young kid you know and then the next thing the, the next time he came into my consciousness was uh, with uh, Silk Degrees, mm. the record. Yeah. And I listened to that and I, and I went, oh, my God. So that's that kid. And uh, he, yeah. I mean, I, I had known him. I, we, we had a little bit of a friendship relationship, obviously. But, but, but when, when that record came out, I realized that, uh, that he... He had that gift of like what Vinny was saying uh, of, of being able to have chops, but not use them. And, uh, yeah. and yeah. so that, that's a very big lesson. That, that's, a, that's a lesson that a lot of people will never have a problem with. Right? <laughs> uh, but, but, that, but there are guys like every one of the guys mm-hmm. I'm looking at right now have that problem at one time or another and had to realize how to figure out how to leave it at home mm-hmm. and come and bring who you are, your gut, you know, your heart, mind connection, 
without the tools, just, and that, you know, that makes the difference in whether you continue doing this kind of thing or not. Mm-hmm. Jeff, and I'll just absolutely epitomize yeah. that. I was just going to say too, Jim, he was, he was 22 years old when he made silk degree. So to be that young and know how to leave those chops at home, you know what I mean? It's if you were 32, you know what I mean? I I think when you're 22, it's easy to to just, if you're Superman, you want to leap tall buildings, you know, and, and, uh, and you can understand that. So he had that discipline really young, that maturity. You know, he he did everything very young, even dying. Yeah. Yeah. That's horrible. And I, I still can't get over the fact that he was 38 years old. I can't even, I know. I can't, you know, at 38, 38. So crazy. You no, know, that's yeah. weird. But, uh-huh. you know, I, I, I strongly believe in, in God. And I believe that there, there's a, there's a, there's a path for all of us that sure. has been commissioned already before, you know, yeah. And I believe yeah. that Jeff, you know, he did for some somehow or another, he fulfilled whatever it was, you know, that he was supposed to fulfill and he got out of here. Right. Yeah. We'll know yeah. those things later. Right now they're only talk, you know. Right on. JR, do you do you have a I know you um you don't have as much time as everybody here because you got a session, but is there a story or a memory you want to share? And I hope I have as much time as these guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm fucked. All right. All right. Let me, t- let me, Vinny C and I used to live in Boston. And yeah. I remember, I remember listening to all these great drummers that were in LA, but the one that jumped out and, and Jim also was Jeff, a young Jeff, you know, diamond girl, uh, yeah. Uh, and when I first moved to Los Angeles with Rufus, within that week, I got a phone call from Jeff wanting me to sub for him at the Hollywood Bowl with Cher. And I'm going, damn, how generous is this? The guy was so generous. That, he was that guy. You know, he was that guy. And it was like, not only, and, and somebody said about him not being competitive, he didn't have to be competitive because he was just, so confident within his skin that he welcomed me with open arms. There was never, ever a competition. And um, uh, a couple of quick stories. We were managed by Mark Hartley and Larry Fitzgerald, a either good or bad uh, with Rufus. And we get a phone call from Mark saying, you guys all come down to the office. Uh, we want to talk to you about something. And I was hoping it was a better gig, but it wasn't. <laughs> they go, you know, you know how they are. Anyway, they go, we want to, we want to sign this band called Toto. I go, we, fuck yeah. We, we knew all the guys, you know, and they asked us permission, which I thought actually was admirable to, to get some official management for Toto. And I think that was in, I don't know, 78 or something like that. And I was yeah. like, geez, everybody said, sign these guys, sign these guys, because it makes us look better. And uh, uh, one other thing I'm going to, uh, I mean, Jeff and I used to, we got in trouble many times, which we won't talk about. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I was grateful that Jeff Picaro didn't he th- throw his Tom at Richard Perry's glass at Studio 55? No, he did. <laughs> huh? that, was that was who? That was me. Oh, oh that was you? That was Rick. 
Well, oh, fuck. I think well, it was I'm Ricky Lee Jones, wasn't it? That he threw yeah, something at no. that, but no. that Was that at Studio 55? No, that wasn't. What? I guess Rick threw his Tom Tom. Okay, yeah. well, whatever Jeff did to piss Richard Perry off, I'm grateful because I ended up getting the, getting the Pointer Sisters account after that. So, uh, uh, and, and I'm going to just close with one other thing. Oh, I got to tell you something. I was doing the Pointer Sisters record when I threw the Toms across the room. So fuck you. You can thank me. I'm thanking you. All right, I'm, I'm thanking you. I, I'm just sorry. You know, you didn't really hit him. <laughs> I like the guy. The glass stopped it. Well, uh, we're gonna leave that alone. But um, one thing about Jeff that uh, and, and Vinny will attest, and you know, we always were thrust in with Yamaha and whomever to do these drum clinics. You know, monkey in the cages. And uh, Jeff had the balls to say no. And I was like, God, that takes some serious nad to be able to say, I, I can play like this, but I don't want to. I don't have to. Yeah. And uh, I, I just admired him for, you know, um, his presence will be felt for all of eternity. Right. As long as we are able to hear these songs. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and uh, he's made such an impression on everybody on this panel, yeah. And every and, the, and every little kid that doesn't even know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just you know, may his presence always reign forever. You know, I miss your back. Yeah, here, here. Yeah. Yep, that's great. That's beautiful, John. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, um, Rick. Maybe you can. We'll segue to a story from you on that one. I I, I know this is going to take go for i can't stay we're on the east coast here so i just want to say this real quickly i won't take up a lot of your time because there we all have a lot a lot of stories but i want to say a couple of things you can't mention jeff without mentioning the rest of his family because they're all he's a product of that family and when i first came to la not only did he welcome me there and i everything that everybody said Vinny, jr jim everybody knows this he was the most generous guy I'm going to attest to that. The same thing with me. He 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 offered to do anything he could to help me. Um, I remember when he did. He was doing the um, uh, Fagan's record, and then Donald called me and he goes, "We're doing Jeff's on the record, and we've worked a few days." And he said, "I I I'm not the right guy for this. Murata should be doing this record." And the next thing you know, I'm over at Jeff's house where they're recording Fagan's record. And Jeff's sitting in the control room while I'm playing on the record. Oh, man. That's, that's great. That's the kind yeah. of guy he was. But I want to just say, you've got to mention, um, There's, I, I'm not going to tell a bunch of stories, which I have. We'll do it. We should do this more often. But the, I want to say that Joe Picaro yeah. was a mentor to all of us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike Picaro, one of the nicest guys in the world. I yep. still hear from Steve Picaro every once in a while. I got to text from him last week or i get a call from him going yo what's up steve what are you doing just checking to see how you are man that's the kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah. comes that's where jeff came from yeah and the other thing i want to say is i feel honored to be on this with these guys that i'm looking at here all of them because it proves that we're not just a bunch of dumb guys that drop our sticks this is a bunch of really smart successful people I'm looking at 
with an incredible amount of talent, all talking about another man with an enormous amount of talent who threw his sticks at the skins too. So I just think it's, it's, it's something that everyone should understand. When you look at people like, like J.R. and Keltner and Gary Malibur and everybody here, Jody Cortez, I, I don't want to leave any names out. These are a bunch of really good, smart people. And every one of you deserves this kind of testimonial when you're dead. And I hope I'm there to do it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for it. That was great. Yeah, Rick. I mean it. I mean it about all of you. We don't get to be around each other all the time. We run into people. We run into each other in different places. We're not always playing together. Although I have played together with with uh, Jr. I have played with. Um, I think I played with Jody. I, uh, with uh, Vinny, of course, I have and. Uh, I, with Greg, sure. I have with Greg and, and yeah. you know, we were all really lucky. And, and, and Jim Keltner, God doing the Lennon record because of Keltner. But it's just, I just want to say the one memory I want to share is about two years ago, I was in Ireland. I was playing golf and I was in the club clubhouse and I saw, I saw Susan Carl. Hmm. It's like wow. it was really weird. That and is weird. I, I walked over to her. I said, excuse me. And I knew her name was Susan Goings. And I said, excuse me, Susan. And she looked at me. She goes, Rick. And I had been, of course, we probably were all there. I was at his wedding. Um, he invited me to the wedding. He did, you know, that's the family. I'm going to make it quick. Susan said, it's so great to see you. We sat and talked. I was, it was all I could do to control myself. And she said, I want to show you something. When Jeff died, uh, she was a news person, as you all know. And when he died, they did a story. And she said, I don't really want to run this story. It wasn't on the news, the big story. And she said, I want to show you something. I just got the video of his funeral from the story. And she pulls it up. And there's me. JR, Jim Keltner, Mike Baird. Oh, I can't remember who else. Hardy. Willie Arnellis. Willie Arnellis. Willie Arnellis. Mike, and Mike Lenny Baird. Castro. Mike Lenny Baird. Castro. Lenny Castro. Lenny. Lenny. Doing that march yeah. from, from, the, from the big auditorium to the, to the, that was, and I remember, and I said, that was one of the hardest times of my life ever having to pick up pair of drumsticks yeah. walking from there and it was us i'm looking at some of the guys that were there and when she showed it to me i just broke down yeah this is two yeah. years ago in ireland and i and and, and i remembered and, and that some of you guys um dave you were garfield was there i'm sure i don't know if gary was there but uh of course jmo and harry but 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 i just wanted to mention that um that was uh, a memory I have of him wow. after his past and how lucky I was, you know, I kind of had to, it was lucky and unlucky, but I got to relive it with Susan right there. And she just said, how yeah. weird this, she goes, I just got this. Wow. 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 Hey guys, can I just, just to, to segue from what Rick said, just a little while ago, I got an email from Steve Picaro. Um, I'd invited Steve and he had something happening today, but he just, he, he sent a nice note. I'm going to read it to you really quickly. Uh, first of all, we lost Mike Lang today, who was a dear, dear friend and hero to us all. You should start oh. off acknowledging him. Oh. Uh, 
Mike Lang passed away. That's that's what that's what Steve said um, today. Yeah, which is a eerie coincidence in itself. Every day, it's somebody every day. Yeah, now. it's fucked up, man. Oh, well, Mike, so, oh, no. Mike Lang? Oh, that's not. No. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what that's what I this is just from Steve just a few minutes ago. And he said, if you could read this, I'd appreciate it. Besides his kids and family, Jeff had a deep love for his fellow musicians, yeah. especially fellow drummers. <clears throat> Anyone who knew Jeff knew that he loved to hang and could talk drums, drummers and music till the cows came home. You guys know what I'm talking about. He really took great joy in talking up his fellow drummers, legends and new guys alike on Toto tracking sessions while the tune was taking shape and he was putting it apart together putting a part together, he would point out from who you'd point out from who and where he copped different aspects of what he was going to do. It's just like what you were saying, Jim, about Bernard. Then he'd make it entirely his own, only, only, only like he could and give it a veneer like he'd been playing that beat for 20 years. As brothers, we could bump heads often, but as drummer, he was without a doubt, without a doubt made my music better than I could ever imagine every single time. I got wow. spoiled. I think he did that for a lot of people. Really missed him today, and I know he's loved by all you guys. Love Steve P. So, yeah. thanks, Steve. Man, yeah. 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 And I'm sorry to, to be the one to break that news to you guys. I just was oh, reading shocking. message. Um, God, yeah. So young. Well, Greg, I, you know, I want to I want to share this this uh, photo while we're live here. Um, because it's such a great photo and it'll cheer everybody up, I hope. Hang on a second and have you tell a story about your friend. <laughs> Hold on a second. Try this again. I'm new in town, fellas. Don't mind me. <laughs> talk, talk amongst yourselves. All right. Anyway, uh, this, this is a great goes. photo. Aww. We saw that one. Oh, there you go. So cute. <laughs> that was, was that like at a, at a, at a pearl you know, day you know or something that you guys was, Johnny, that was uh, oh. I had I had gone to see Toto play at the Raymond Theater in Pasadena, which uh, was is no longer there, but it uh, it was a great gig, and I remember Alex Van Halen and Eddie Van Halen were there, and a bunch of the guys in David Lee Ross band were there, and Ed, and Jeff again deflected because we were looking right there at Alex Van Halen. <laughs> and and Jeff, the, I think Lisa Wells, Lisa Wales took that. And then what happened was Alex was on the other side of the camera, and Jeff was deflecting again and saying, "Look, man, there he is, there he is, right there. That's the granddaddy of like you know taking Billy Cobham's spectrum, but then making it into Hot for Teacher and playing double bass, you know, in Van Halen. And as much as we loved Van Halen, that's the guy right there. He was deflecting right there to Alex." That's just what Jeff would always do. I remember right after that, there was the NAM show, and my dad, who was my hero and, and my drum hero, he was it was at the Pearl booth, and Jeff and I were with Pearl at the time, and and everybody's sitting there signing autographs, you know, on their posters, which when you think about it, it's kind of jive, you know, but it's what they did at the NAM show. There'd be lines of people and all these drummers signing. And my dad walked up to Jeff and gave him a Sharpie and goes, Hey, you should get in line. And Jeff was so funny. My dad kept retelling. Telling this story, he kept saying, "Oh, oh, no, 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 thanks, man, no thanks." Like I'm not going to sign a poster of me. It was just so cool. He was so humble. Why would I get in line and sign a poster of me? It was just so Jeff, you know, deflecting and just being humble and like 
yeah, no, that's cool. No, let, let everybody else sign. I don't want to sign. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Man, I, you know, I, I'm, I yeah. you know, you know, let me just say one, one thing real, real quick. You know, uh, it, it, it's funny, you know, how the older guys are supposed to be influential on the younger guys. Jeffrey became such an old soul so quickly in my life that I found that he influenced me in a lot of ways. And I'm sure he did on a lot of the older guys too. Oh yeah. That's yeah. yeah. that just one of the things that he brought to the table as a young man, you know. Hey Jim, old why soul. Don't us, why don't you tell that story about the city of New Orleans? Well, the one you told it is um, his funeral. Oh, you don't remember? I'm not sure, if I remember, I'm sorry. Well, can I tell it for you? Yeah. Actually, maybe you didn't tell it. It was a, uh, yeah, no, you did. Anyway, it was like a, a deal where this kid Jeff was following him around, you know, studio after studio, and it's kind of like, who the hell is this kid? And um, he wanted to shadow Jim wherever he went. So Jim kind of got into it and he goes, uh, listen, um, I'm doing this session tonight so you can sit right behind me. And uh, it was the city of New Orleans or something like that. And um, so he starts to look around behind him and he's like playing brushes, but he's like kind of trying to impress this guy and you know in the middle of it or at the end he's like it's over and he was like yeah sound <laughs> yeah that, that, that's a little bit different than yeah because it, uh, it was a it wasn't he was he never followed me around that's first of all that's not the that's not accurate uh what he did was he asked me i think at some point and uh and and I'm kind of like him in that respect. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't, you know, I just want to play. I don't want to be somebody watching me and all. And, but he, but I knew something about him. It was okay. So when, when he was uh, back there watching, I was paying attention. I'm focused on what I'm doing. And I don't know, brushes or what, whatever it was. I thought, I remember playing real good. And then I look back and he's snoring. <laughs> Let's go with your version. Uh, classic. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Oh, my. Hey Rick, I found that photo finally. That that's the photo I was looking for. Ah, yeah, from Robin's. This is from Robin's roundtable. That's a great picture. Oh, yeah. that's incredible. Elvin Jones on the cover. Elvin. I know, and there's Elvin, yeah. the trifecta right there. Look at that. A couple of handsome Italian boys right there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Robin. Now you go, girl. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Uh, Well, we should, I'd I'd love to hear uh, Rich tell a story and, and, uh, and Jody. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's keep it going. And and of course, David Garfield, you know, we may, uh, we may devote an entire show to some, yeah, some Los Lobotomy well, stories. I'm a token non-drummer, so <laughs> your first instrument was drums, Davy. Yeah, yeah. I'll the only really problem is Garfield story. starts telling a story. It's like his solos; they never bloody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I remember Dave called me to play a gig with him once, and I said, ah. I love your playing, man, but I can't, I'm just not good enough to play those solos as they're going on forever. And he said, don't worry about it, man. We're going to do it. We're going to go bang, next tune, bang, next tune. <laughs> okay, we'll do it. I rehearse with them. We bang in the rehearsal, bang, next tune, back. We get it on the bandstand. We are playing the first song. 15 minutes into it, I'm screaming, Stop fucking soloing! <laughs> I don't know what to play next. Uh, I said to John, I said to John, David Garfield starts talking. I got to take a break because I know that it's going to be like a solo. Uh, no, we gotta- well, that's, a, that's a great setup. Anyway, I'll tell you a really quick story and then I'm out. Um, Jeff's mom, in case you didn't know this, Aileen, the reason Jeff had such a great natural groove is she burped him to the swing beat, this ride cymbal beat. <laughs> there you uh, go. That, that's wow. uh, one thing. Yeah. And the other thing was, uh, the, the very quick story was I got the, the, the honor of writing a tune with Jeff and for the little Slobomis record, and he had it all figured out, and he, he had a whole groove It's called Big Barn. He was singing it to me. He had a baseline for it, do, 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 the whole thing. That's all he had. He said, you know, write the rest. But it was so cool to watch his eyes light up. He knew exactly what he wanted. It's a great song. Yeah. And uh, one of the most popular songs from that. And then he also said he wanted Miles Davis kind of muted trumpet on it. He knew exactly he sang the lick. Do, do, do. So that was cool. That was I'll never forget that, standing in the house. And then to close... Carlos Vega, who we should mention, yeah. just loved yes. the last of 1971. Jim Kellner and Jeff Picaro together. That's all I heard about when I started hanging out with Carlos is Jim Kellner and Jeff Picaro. So rest in peace, Jeff. Yes, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Can I tell and a David Carlos. Garfield Jeff story? Sure, yeah. It's a baked potato, and they're playing all blues, and Dave gives Jeff a little break. And Jeff never wanted to play drum solos. He just didn't want to do it. He's like, nah, nah. And and finally, Dave goes, bap, and there's a break. And to this day, if you go to the baked potato, and you look behind where the drums are, and you see Tom Breckline's poster, Jeff stood up with his sticks and wasn't thinking about Tom Breckline's poster being there. He just stood up with his sticks and didn't play it. He just looked around at the wall and went, Bam! And he hit the wall with two sticks. They're both in Tom Breckline's eyeballs. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> to this day, I was there last week, and they're still there. Oh, oh man. That's great. Oh, David, that's great. You, Jeff, so many, you and Jeff did so many gigs at the Potato, oh, man. Yeah. Lobotomies and everything. So much. Yeah. What a great way to get to hear and see Jeff up close with you. Yeah. I did yeah, the only Jeff clinic. It was great. That's right. Wow. That's right. Was that Minnesota? Wasn't that Minnesota or something? Yeah, he picked me up at six in the morning and took me to right. the airport. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he, he didn't want to do those things. We'd, we'd asked him to do clinics. He would never want to do He never wanted to do them. But, but yeah. I, uh, he, hey, he was smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a quick story because the, we were talking earlier, David, the, the poster behind David that uh, is the, the poster that we did with Jeff for the late eighties. And, um, and he, then David reminded me of the NAMM show that right around that time it was late eighties where I had uh, David and Jeff and Mike play in the booth. And we started having 
players in the booth every year. And they were very gracious to say yes and play three sets a day in the booth. And on one of the, the one of the I think it was the first day we started, it was Super Bowl Sunday weekend. And it was so we went through the weekend. It was Sunday. I, they walk in and Jeff just looks at me and goes, where's the TV? Where's the TV, man? And, and he was looking in my eyes and I thought, oh, I'm in, I'm in trouble. I didn't think of the Super Bowl. You know, he's like, man, we got to have the TV. I'm not playing unless you get the TV in the corner, you know, for the game. And, and then that same day, he uh, he says, I want to introduce you to somebody. And uh, he goes, I want to introduce you to this kid. And he, he says, this is Abe Boyle Jr. He's going to sit in with us today. Do you remember that, David? I do. Yeah. He was wow, 16, man. just about to go to Berkeley. And that was yeah. the first time I met him. I had met his dad, but, and he had him play with you guys. I'll never forget that. Hey, I got a yeah. quick, quick story. Yeah. I got a quick story. Then I got a bulb. Jeff and I, you just remembered, and Don Lombardi at, at shit. What was the name of that? That, that music World store in music. CD, at Simi Valley. Uh, world music world music judged yeah judged a drum festival jeff and i and uh jerry andreas and donald barty and alex acuna and young a was 15 and a half yeah and uh, jeff and i just looked at each other we go 10 winner (laughs) (laughs) there was like 27 dudes yeah uh, in two cat a A junior one so yeah oh man good choice yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, I hate to run, but I got to get out of here. And I, 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 I want to thank uh, uh, Johnny D, the, the king, and uh, everybody Thanks, on John. this. We need to hang more. You know, this. I think Ricky's uh, right, man. Let's yeah. do this tomorrow you know, night. And <laughs> I feel bad too because I have to go, and I have a session at five. And if I'm not there, my therapist will be really pissed. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, and and, and anyway. Yeah. I know my grandkids will be pissed. I got to go because I'm on the East Coast and it's way past my dinner time. Oh, jeez. I love you guys. I love you guys. JR and Greg, thank John you guys. John Good, I'll talk to you. Johnny D, talk. Great to see you all. Thanks, JR. I love all you Thanks, guys. Greg. Love Bye, you guys Robert. too, John. Thank you. You know, JR. Thank you. Thank you. Stan, you have a great story that you told me once. I, I would love for you to tell it when you first moved to L.A. Um, yeah, I just got to California, probably mid seventies and I'm, you know, stone broke and living in Laurel Canyon in a basement and my, my Volkswagen bus had broken down and I'm kind of half-heartedly hitchhiking up to my basement and a beautiful BMW eases over to the curb and, uh, rolls down the window, you lift. And I don't know Jeff and he doesn't know me and I don't know anything about Jeff Picaro, but I just know some cool dude with. <laughs> really great looking shades and a beautiful car and it's air conditioned and it's, he looks great. You know, he's the clothes. It's just all, you know, and he, uh, so yeah, you know, I hop in. I'm like, he goes, hey, uh, you know, he asked the perfect question. You musician, you know, cause long hair, Laurel Canyon. Yeah. I play drums. Hey, I play drums. He goes, uh, he goes, well, just why don't you pop in, man. And uh, so I go over to his house, which is already fully, realized as a young man he's already had style and his home is white and it's beautiful and there's a revox reel-to-reel tape machine and it's it's extraordinary there's art on the walls and he's probably what two years older than me maybe you know we're technically 
we're, we're, we're on the same plane, but we're, this is like, one of the things is not like the other. And, <laughs> and he's, elo- he's eloquent and he's cool. And he's just, and I don't even know why he's being cool to me, but so we, and we're sitting there talking and he's got a pack of Marlboro Reds. You want a cigarette? Sure. You want to burn one? Yeah, sure. It's the best weed I've, you know, and I'm from Florida. I have pretty good knowledge of weed, but this shit is like some other <laughs> level and so now we're getting stunned we're talking a little drums and he's he's going like you know oh yeah you, you guys from florida right you got a band from florida he goes like what like like leonard skinnard <laughs> like you know, not really you know but that was sort of his way of trying to maybe even like like but anyway it keeps going on and on finally he just goes yeah i just did a session and he spins and i swear unless i'm wrong it was probably black friday he had yeah. just cut for steely dan and I'm pretty sure that was the track he played me like wow. on a reel to reel. And it just knocked my dick in the dirt. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It's like, cause he was, it was preempted by him going like, yeah, you guys do a little recording. Yeah. We're down at this little place called shelter. We're trying to put something together and blah, blah. Cause well, here's what I'm into, you know, like here's what I just did last night. And it was so next level and it was stunning. Then the capper, he puts me back in his car and drives me to my my shithole. Basically, just says, "Nice meeting you." And then, at that point, the nickels start to drop. You know, in the next couple of days, I met this cat Jeff Picaro. Oh yeah, yeah, he's badass. You know, like I'm. You know, then it's like, but it was just that was my intro to this guy. Like when you're talking about his kindness and his class and his dignity and his, it's just as the young buck, he he just had. He was holding four aces way before I even knew what those cards looked like. And yeah. it's just unbelievable. And then, you know, I was in a, in a band where it was a biosphere and everybody's uptight. You guys know about bands. It's weird. And so I go to a Toto session. Um, I think I was invited to, I was starting to do some writing. So I'm in a session and, a, and you walk into a Toto session. I'm expecting it to be like cold and odd. They're all hugging each other and they're, 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 and Jeff goes out to play a track and he, it was this very complicated over the double bass drum kind of feeling track. It was Cooch producing very aggressive. It wasn't double bass, but it had a, yes, exactly. It was very complicated. And I, and I, I had no idea what a man would even play on this. Like I'm thinking boom, schmeck, boom. Schmeck. I don't know what the hell's <laughs> going to happen. Well, he sits down and he takes one tap pass at it to orient himself, but it was already, it was a groove. It was a track as far as I was concerned, but he's just kind of almost doing it with one hand. He's adjusting. He's, and then he said, all right, give me one, give me a pass, you know? And then the whole band pressed to the window, like the whole band in love and respect and encouragement. And he knocked this thing out of the park. Sec, like really first pass. And it's not, it's not a, it's not a, you know, it's a deep track. And, um, and it just blew my mind. Then he nailed it, walks in, orders like a hoagie, and smokes a Marlboro Red, puts his full man bag on, looks like a million bucks, puts his shades on. He goes, sorry, Cass, I got to blow, man. You know, I got another session next door. I'll be back to get my sandwich in a minute. And everybody's just like <laughs> hogging and loving it. And, um, I just, uh. I, I couldn't get over what I had just seen. You know, like my first... You know, I, I think I told him, I said, yeah, I have actually met you before. You know, you picked me up on the street once. And but every, time, every time I would run into him, it was like just 
there was an elegance about him. I don't, I don't even know how to speak to it, but it was, and Jim said, like, it was something about, he was, he was almost, yeah, he was old. He was old and he yeah. wasn't. And, yeah. But his dignity, the dignity and the sound, that's the thing I got to read. The mm, groove, everybody yeah. talks about the groove. Yeah. His sound, man. It was like, and he was, he was poking those drums beautifully. He was pulling the sound out of them. He had no disrespect for a drum, man. It was yeah. coming out. Like you, you watch the stick go in and it come out just yeah. as beautifully. And there were small sticks and he was playing politely. And, and it, it was just, it was just something to see, man. I, I it, it kind of fucked me up and it still fucks me up thinking about it. And I, you know, I would love to be able to tell him to his face. If he were here, man, you, do you have, I want you to know how much you're loved and respected and admired and we're all just blown away by what you did and you know i did you know and bless sitting on this dais with you guys i i'm still kind of crapping my pants going really mm-hmm. i'm i'm all you cats you guys are all beautiful people so and true. and like was said before you're you're smart you're you're resourceful you've pulled it off man you guys have really left a beautiful mark and i'm i'm honored to be in your in your company i really am well, you left a beautiful mark bill yeah yeah you did yeah okay. yeah absolutely stan yeah well yeah no, i that's... feel really i feel really fortunate to be here with you cats and um i if uh you know like you could put me down for once a month i'd love to just just to just listen just to audit this has been beautiful for me you know hey, Amen. hey john can you hear me yeah yeah jody yep Yep. Hey, let me just say something real quick. You know, I grew up in the Beccaro house. I was really lucky. Uh, Joe Beccaro was my teacher, and um, I was in a band with Steve Beccaro in 1972. And Jeff's studio, he made it like this hippie band that was amazing. You know, he did yeah. stuff as an artist, as a young kid, that was just mind-blowing, let alone his drumming, you know. Um, yeah. But... Uh, I grew up with this guy, and uh, when I went to Europe, I did my high school years in Europe, and I came back. He, I mean, the first I bumped into him, he goes, listen, I want you to play with Larry Carlton. I said, forget it, dude. I just heard the record. Give me a year to get my shit together, you know. And at the end of that year, he calls me, he goes, get down the leads, you know. And I get there, and he goes, I want you to play with Boz. And so that's what started my career with Jeffrey. Uh, being, you know, in charge of the the reins, you know, he had wow. this god like thing where he could make shit happen like no one else, you know, and he gave everything away. He gave us all shit, man. He gave us all drums and he gave me, you know, when I first got back from Germany, I didn't have a drum kit. So he gave me his Ludwig kit that he did um, Silk Degrees with, and, you know, so... Jeffrey was very, very, very uh, instrumental in my life. And I can, I have so many stories. You know, we'd hang on the weekends and play backgammon and do illicit drugs and shit, you know. <laughs> and, but listen to records, you know, and Rick and Keltner were our go-to, you know. Uh, he loved these guys so much, man. But Jeffrey was... Just there was only one of him, and uh, I'm honored to be on this staff on this uh, panel with you guys. Thank you, Johnny. Oh, you're welcome, Jody. Thank you for being here, brother. Yeah, you you belong. Um, the very handsome Gary Malibur, who 
is not here once but twice. Which the more Gary Malibur, the better, I say. Um, but Gary, you know, I was thinking about this today when because I hadn't heard from you. And then when you said I'm traveling, but I think I can jump on. And thank you for being here, by the way, because you're you've been so busy. Um, you did a record with Bruce at the same time. Jeff did a record with Bruce. Right. You did Lucky Town. Yeah. Jeff did Human Touch. Right. And were they were they done somewhat concurrently, if I remember right, like about 30 years? I, I, think, I think Human Touch was first. I, I worked oh, on that. Yeah, Ross, you were there. Yeah. OK. Human Touch was first. Yeah. OK. But released uh, it. Say that again. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, yes. Gary. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Everyone. Uh, yeah. Wonderful being part of this. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you for being here. Everyone. And uh, they were done. Uh, uh, Human Touch was first. And yep. I don't want to get into the falling out Bruce had sometime there with the uh, East Street guys. That's not to be discussed. I don't know really what went on. But before you knew it, Jeff was doing uh, in the studio uh, and doing they were working on all the material with uh, for Human Touch. So if you guys know Bruce, the way we now, I now know him, uh, he could go in on a weekend and come back out with an album written. So Friday night, there's nothing there. And Sunday night, there's an entire album of 12 songs. And that's exactly what he did after he finished that album. And Jeff played beautifully on it. And I said, well, there might be more. But two weeks, three weeks later, I get a call from Chuck Plotkin and Toby Scott. And they said, um, he wants to do something else. He just wrote another album and we're going to release them both at the same time. And that's exactly what happened. Right, right. So, the, yeah. And did you did you and you obviously you must have a story or two about Jeff. Well, from you know, this is in perfect proportion, because to be honest with you, my time with Jeff was more of our, when we were both all of us living over in Studio City and off of Ventura Boulevard and near Dixie Canyon. And and our, our careers were really moving quickly and violently through the, in music industry. There was no time. My few times that I did hang out with Jeff was uh, mostly at the uh, recording studio called Village Recordings over on mm. Berkeley Street on uh, the 405 freeway. And we would run into each other then and just really kid around and really never got to know each other beyond that because we were moving quickly. I mean, you know those years. Um, and that's yeah. what happened. We were moving fast and constant. And uh, I, I didn't spend a lot of time with Jeff. We just kind of fool around in the hallways over village on different projects and just uh, tell each other you should learn how to hold the sticks better. And they're shot all over the place and all of a sudden you know i connected up with steve miller and that went on for 20 years and everybody was moving fast you know that everyone there knows how fast that those years were yeah, they didn't yeah. stop it was moving quick and it really productive time yeah amazing yeah, amount of music then, that came out yeah 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 it's still going in a different way but luckily we were at the right time there at the right time i, I knew his dad very well and his mom and his sister jolene 
because of uh, our, our residents in, in the Studio City, Sherman Oaks area. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, special, special people, you know? Yeah, wonderful people. Well, thank young you Harry. Yeah, Gary, thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. I, you know, I was, I was listening to. I'm, working on, I'm in Oregon, John. <laughs> it's warm up there. I found a way to get up. And I got you on a phone and a computer, and I'm going, okay, I can't lose these guys. I, I'm with a great set of people. So, and, and, and the, it's like the Pony Express. So, it's working. Thank God it's working. Okay. It's great. It's great. I was going to ask handsome Harry McCarthy uh, to tell a story or two about working with Jeff. Um, well, John, thanks for bringing us all together. Uh, years ago, I moved out to L.A. I drove a car, Rick's car, one of his cars out to L.A. Got a job through the help of him pretty quickly at Leeds, which was the big cartage company at the time. And I remember, you know, growing up and seeing Jeff's name on so many records. Couldn't wait to see him in person or meet him. Leeds did a lot of the cartage for mm -hmm. all the Picaros at the time. So a delivery came up to Jeff's uh, studio on Hesby. I remember taking a piece of gear. I think it was just a DX7 or whatever it was. And uh, I pull into the studio, get it in, you know, come in his driveway, pull it in uh, through the studio door. I see Jeff in the control room. I was like a little nervous. He comes out. He remembered my name because I had met him a few times. Hey, Harry, come check this out. Come in the control room. I got to play you something. Sits me down at the console and plays me somewhere tonight off of Fahrenheit, the reggae type feel. And it was beautiful. And I'm just a delivery guy. He had a way of making everybody feel important and at ease around him. Fast forward um, a couple of years later, I get asked to go out on the road working for him with Toto. Um, Toto had a show opening up for Rod Stewart. It was a one-off um, in Puerto Rico. So there was rental backline gear. And when I got to the gig in the morning, the kit was on the loading dock and I almost fell over. It, <laughs> the, the drum set was really, really beat up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, um, I put a set of heads on it, got it all set up. Jeff shows up with the rest of the guys in the band for sound check. And I said, Jeff, you got a minute to take a look at the kit. And he looked at it and he had a big smile. I never <laughs> forgot this. And he went play and wave, babe. And I had never heard that before he could care less about the condition of the drum set and Toto blew away Rod Stewart off the stage that night. Sure. Um, yeah. One other last thing is um, John Good was working as a, a drum tech on Madonna's record, Like a Prayer. He started the project and recommended me to go in. I guess John had other things going on. Making drums. Yeah. He was making a few drums. Anyway, it was at Pat Leonard's studio um, in Burbank. Yeah. I get there and there was a DW kit and Jeff came in 
uh, Jonathan Moffat played on some of it, but then Jeff came in one day and um, had a cigarette in his mouth. And somebody in the studio said, Jeff, you got to put that out. You can't smoke. <laughs> and uh, he was like, he, didn't, he, he was pissed. Um, goes out in the alley behind the studio to finish his cigarette, came in, sat down behind the drums, put his headphones on. They played him the track. I was in the control room after putting his cymbals up. And he played the song. I think it's Cher Cherish. Yes. Um, one take and... Uh, Patrick Leonard, who was producing, just said, hey, Jeff, wow, that's amazing. We're just, let us take a listen. Um, next thing you know, Jeff, you nailed it. We're, we're done. So he was in and out of that studio in less than an hour. Never went in the control room, never socialized. I took his cymbals down, walked him out to the alley. I was like, where are you going? He goes, Ocean Way. And <laughs> it was like, wow. And then one last thing is, is only a few weeks ago, I'm out with my wife running errands and she's got satellite radio. Four songs in a row came on. 30 years later, um, Michael McDonald, Keep Forgetting, Seals and Crofts, Diamond Girl, yeah. Low Down in 99. Four songs back to back. 30 years later, and I was wow. trying to explain it to my wife going, he's still, li he's still living. Yeah. He made everybody feel really good about themselves. Yeah. I remember just him in the studio, Ross and JMO could probably elaborate. Yeah. He talked to everybody, studio yeah. receptionist, the assistant engineer, everybody that was out on the road with us so love you jeff thank you john for bringing us together yeah thanks harry thanks for being here yeah i i I'd love to hear from john good and we're gonna hear from ross too because i kind of see yeah okay i'm gonna make this short because because it's uh congruent with what he said um i was there and i was tuning the drums and i realized oh my god i made these drums I'm tuning these drums for Jeff. And he comes in and he goes, babe, can you retune this stuff? I mean, a little higher. Hmm. I thought, oh God. You know, and it was that cherished thing. And so I was, I was out, I was kind of disgusted by, you know, being criticized by tuning. Went outside in that little um, hang room where you could sit there and he came in and sat next to me and he goes drums are fine I was just kidding with you that's about all I got John that's great man that's gold uh, I think it was, I think Vinny's gone now, but I think he was yeah. the one that told me that one of Jeff's 
great lines was, and I'm sure Jim or any of you guys that really knew him well can confirm this. Creechy, maybe you could, that he'd walk up to you and he'd go, hey, man, those are some nice shoes. They make those for guys, too. You know, like he had all those <laughs> great, you know, timeless ball busting lines, you know, that, that I try to use whenever I can. You know, I say it to Rick all the time when I see him. Look how much time he's look how much time he was with Emil. Yeah, so yeah. Emil had so many of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's great, John. So, so Ross, I I know you you spent a lot of time with him, and you know listening to those records, and 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 I know JMO was there for the Silk Degree stuff, but like the, the like towards the the later eighties. His snare drum sound really was like, to me, like evolving. And I, I wasn't going to get too heavy technical on like the gear side of it, but I think he was using some Brady stuff, like for some towards of the end. Yes. Yeah. Toward towards the end. Towards the end, he had the Brady drums. Um, but he always uh, gravitated towards, uh, I think it was like a five inch black beauty mostly and uh, six and a half uh, on, on a lot of, on the heavier stuff, the fatter stuff. But uh, he did like that Brady kit. He got a. Uh, he hooked up with Chris Brady, and and uh, he was he was trying to trying to help Chris out. I think is what was going on. Yeah, yeah. So he was using he was using more than just the snare drum. He's snare drums. He was playing a full kit on some of the recordings. Yeah, yeah. yeah he had a kit. He had a, a Jera kit from from Brady. Right, right. But uh, I, I I didn't want to geek out on, on the gear. I mean, we could talk about gear all day long. Yeah, uh, the yeah. story I wanted to tell was uh, was when he was working with Springsteen. We, we were working on that Human Touch record together, and uh, after the record was over, uh, Bruce wanted Jeff to go on the road with him. And uh, I got a phone call one day. He goes, he goes, hey man, if uh, if I go out on the road with Springsteen, would you go out with me? And I said, well, I'd have to think about it. You know, that's kind of a, a big change from what I'm doing. I've got this thing going here in town. He goes, well, he goes, I'm not planning on doing that. I just want to know if just in case. So a little while goes by, he calls me back. He goes, hey, Bruce, Bruce just offered me a lot of money to go out on the road. And uh, I, can, I can get you good money, too. I said, well. You know, maybe, maybe I'll do it. He goes, oh, he goes, I, I don't, I don't want to do it. I said, I said, well, why not? He goes, he goes, he goes, Toto's, Toto's going to be going out and it would, and we would have some conflicting dates and I don't want to let the guys in Toto down. You know, that's my family. Those are my brothers. And then he calls me back about a week later. He goes, Bruce just made me an offer that he goes, first of all, it's going to be like in the millions for the, for the tour. And I'll have the use of his private plane. So anytime we're playing west of the Rockies, I'll be able to fly home at night and spend the, spend the night in my bed and have breakfast with my family in the morning. And he goes, he told me that he goes, at that point, I had to tell him flat out no, because I'm just not going to let down the Toto guys. Yeah. So that, that's so that's that's who Jeff was, man. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff was the guy we'd be we'd be hanging out uh, uh, before a session started. We'd be out in the parking lot or something, and there'd be a guy was like you know 
coming around asking for spare change, Jeff would give him a 20. Jeff yeah. was that guy. And, and he'd be like, you know, this means a lot more to this guy than it does to me. You know? That's so, awesome yeah. Story. <laughs> Um, Ross, I didn't mean to cut you off. If there was, if there was more to that, I, I wanted you to, to no, continue. No, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Every, every, everybody's saying the same thing. I mean, he was, he was a, just a great human being. He was a, he was a, the ultimate musician. He had, he had taste. He had maturity. He was, he was really cool. I, I mean, I heard, I don't know exactly the details, but, at one point, I think he was working for Disneyland, uh, uh, basically uh, giving his blessing if something was cool enough. He had some he had some crazy other jobs that that you know weren't even part of music. It was just like people respected his opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, you know. Uh, just one last thing too. He he would have been. Probably right now, had he stuck around, he'd have probably made produced so many great records. Right. Yeah. He had yeah. to produce his mind. And so not only with all these other gifts that we're talking about here, you know, but he really truly thought like a producer. And, yes. Uh, yeah. And you know, he did basically produce those uh the Toto stuff. I mean, can you imagine what he'd have done with with uh, it, it's just we could talk about that. You know, that's the frustrating part is that we're talking about something. Remember the strand jam? I'm sorry. Well, I don't know. We got a bad. Is, um, Who is that? The strand. Yeah. Remember them? I think it's. Jeremy, I think that could be you, Jody. I think Jeremy you're. Your audio, Jody. Yeah. Strand wreck. But Can you anyway, hear me, guys? Yeah. Remember the strand record that Jeffrey produced? It was just the first production. Yeah. But if Jody is talking, he's frozen. Am I flanging? Yeah, he said. He's what, 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 what Jody's saying is uh, yeah. Jeff produced uh, the band The Strand. The Strand. The Strand. Okay. That's, I it couldn't was, make it up. It was, yeah. yeah, it was the only record he ever produced. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. He, he would have produced so many records by now. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he had, it's just like what uh, uh, Ross was just saying, you know, he had so many talents. I'm just talking about. You got, yeah. a, you got a bad connection, buddy. Yeah. 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 That's too, that's too bad, Jody. We can't, we can't understand you, Jody. I, I was just going to. to... I, I was just. Can you hear me now? It's still, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Bad connection, Jody. Yeah, maybe jump out and jump back on it. We're going to, we're going to wrap it up soon anyway, guys, because we're yeah, coming up. To... It, I got it. It's, it's just in time for me to have my second cup of coffee. Otherwise, I <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I know. I was going to just. John, John, God bless you. Thank you, you Jim. Know, for working hard to, to make this happen. It's just, it's, it's not a big deal to anybody else, but to all of us who love Jeff. Uh, it, it is a really, it's a thrill to hear everybody 
talk about how deep you know their relationship yeah. was and and what a deep cat he was such a oh my coffee great just uh just just such a young man with such an old soul that's what jeffrey represented to me all the time mm-hmm. he just was like mike everybody always said hey jeffrey always says you're like you know they always referred to him as my little brother I, I could never think about it like that. I was his little brother, really, when it came down to it. He just, you know, and, and even his voice, everything about Jeffrey was like, he was like the big brother, you know? And, yeah. and, and giving $20 to the guy on the street, you know, to this day, you know, yeah, he, he influenced a lot of people. He influenced yeah. a lot of people in so many great ways. Forget about the music, you know? Just forget about the music, I mean. If you were fortunate, like Stan, what Stan said, if you were fortunate to have him enter your life in some kind of way, what what a great blessing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. He, yeah. he left this world a better place, without a doubt. Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure did. Yeah. What, what, what more do you want, you know, from... I yeah. know. I know. I, I'm, I'm going to just... Hey, guys. Hey, Ricky. Love you. It's so good to see you, man. You too. Same thing. Jody, I, I don't, we don't get to hang very much, but you know, you got to get a better connection if we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, God bless you, brother. John Good, you look fantastic, man. Yeah, you do. John Good, thank you for being here. Um, and guys, I'm going to, I'm going to end the stream. So, so hang for one second, if you would, Jim, I just want to thank everybody for being here today. Once again, Robin Flins, Harry McCarthy, Jim Keltner, Rich Manjikaro, Rick Murata, John Good, Jody Cortez, Gary Malibur, Ross Garfield, and I guess Stan has departed and Greg Bissonette and Vinny and everybody Uh else that was here today, but yeah, hang tight for one second, guys. We'll end the stream. And we'll say goodbye in the room. So thanks for watching, everybody. And uh, thanks, John. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thank you, John. Thank you, guys. Hey, thank, I you. Love you guys. thank you. I love you guys. Beautiful. Thank you.